What up, Buzz? You tapped in? Okay, Goose, you tapped in too? All right, Chicago, y'all tapped in? All right, boys, let's crack them. Feel like Mike in the fourth with the ball in my hands and I'm taking a shot. I'm the king in the madhouse on Madison, whether I make it or not. Now the crowd going crazy, they watching the play and I'm watching the clock. Got my shot in the air and the buzzer go off and I'm watching it drop. This team did things, MJ shot city six rings. D-Rose too big, too fast, too strong history. And we good on that, put Jill on the track and we good on wax. Three, two, one, everybody say bulls on tap, bulls on tap. Our city pretty and gritty. Benny the bull in the crowd getting hyper and litty. Me, I'm so drippy and slippery, nothing offends me. Banners on banners, we winners. We got the stats in the news. Go and subscribe, hang out with Buzzy and Goose. Tapping with us, we the truth. Jilla just murdered the booth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz. I'm joined by my dude Goose, aka Bulls Script, and we're here after a 107 to 99 loss. Bulls lose tonight to the Boston Celtics at the TD Garden in Boston. Before we get into this one, be sure to go on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasts. And you're following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap and on Tap Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. If you are on Facebook or Twitter, go over to YouTube, subscribe to the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube. If you have the chance, that'd be awesome. And this podcast and website is brought to you by Sports Illustrated Media Group. Goose, we lost. We had a three-game win streak. It is gone. We were inching closer to the 500 record. We were uh, getting closer to pickle juice. There it is. There's the fucking pickle juice. That's unbelievable. You going to drink that after a close loss? You one of those guys that like the how you're looking at loss? I'm not one of those guys that's going to drink this um, because of a good performance in a loss. Um, I, I just I just wanted to bring the proof for, for, for Shy Sports fan and everybody else that <laughs> a fresh jar of pickle juice ready for the victory. Um, unfortunately, it's got to stay in the fridge and stay uncracked Ooh. for a little bit here because I don't know. Yeah. I don't like a pickle smoothie, Senor. Fuck that. I mean, I'll do one when we hang out. Me and Senor are going to hang out. It's going to happen in a Sox game, and we'll do pickle so, smoothies. So no pickle juice tonight. Um, well, more of a, a lemon juice in the sense that uh, the game left a sour taste in your mouth because you lost and because you lost DeMar DeRozan, who uh, had a call not go his way, was tripped, fell over, uh, was reported by KCJ and both Joe Cowley that he seemed fine on the bench was pretty much arguing for a call the whole entire time out comes back into the game for a short amount of time and then heads to the locker room after he ripped after he tried ripping his jersey there yeah no um that he did like I don't felt I don't feel like he tripped it was like non-contact I mean his non-contact and then on the Boston broadcast they did show a replay where he was tripped he oh, did wow. the foot. His foot did catch, I believe, Al Horford's foot. That's why okay. I saw him return to the game. Him and Al kind of embraced. Um, so he was complaining about the lack of a trip call on the bench. Had me fooled in the moment as well. I thought, oh, shit, non-contact. Dude does not look like he's getting up. Um, this is the worst possible Oh, scenario. it looked terrible from the Chicago yeah. broadcast standpoint. I mean, but Cowley came out and said, DeMar is either really hurt or he's going to win an Oscar. And he said, I think it's the ladder. And then DeMar came back in. So I'm like, okay. Then obviously he, he leaves the game. Played 23 minutes, went six for nine, 13 points. And they went three boards, three assists. 
So, oh, Goose Goose must have disconnected somehow again. But, yeah, I, I'm hoping tomorrow's not hurt, hurt. Um, I don't know. They, what did they call it? Like a hamstring or groin pool or something like that is what they're calling it for DeMar. So, with that being the case, I'm not really I'm not really too concerned. I think that he'll be okay if it's just like a little groin pool or something. Wasn't that what it was? I think they said thigh contusion, which thigh I, contusion. I guess can, can – be anything that, that tends to be the go-to when you don't know what it is yet obviously i'm sure we'll hear tomorrow whether or not it feels necessary for him to get an mri or to go to that extent um hopefully we don't have to hear any reports of that because uh despite the loss tonight uh things are and have been swinging in the right direction uh we did get to see a little taste of what we've been calling for for quite a bit this season and that's more opportunities for Zach in the fourth um, obviously came uh, due to unfortunate events. And Zach had struggled uh, the beginning of the first three quarters there. But in that fourth uh, came to life with Jason Tatum on the bench and put the Bulls in a position to steal this game. Um, unfortunately, Tatum came back in and Zach Levine cooled off. Um, but uh, valiant effort. Uh, does, does that give you any confidence um, and Zach returning to form, does that build on, you know, the momentum that he had or do the struggles early in the game kind of throw that all off for you? I feel like the struggles earlier in the game uh, are paramount, and I'm going to tell you why I think they're paramount is because, yes, they played a very good game against the Jazz on Saturday night. Um, DeMar and Zach balled out, looked very good, almost reminiscent of Lonzo days, right, with, with DeMar and Zach. Uh, we'd get that too far and in between. For any sort of consistency for this to matter for me to me to turn around my stance on what it is now, Zach brought us back in the fourth quarter, and I'm going to give him all the credit in the world for that. He was aggressive. He was looking for his shot. He did take some questionable ones, but the people that are cheering for him when he hits these shots, these tough shots, have to accept that that's how he lives and he dies. That's the kind of player Zach Levine is, and you have to be okay with that if you like him on your team. If you don't like him on your team, then hey, <laughs> then you can hate it all you want. You can hate the player that he is, but that's what he does. He takes very difficult shots, and he and look, he converted on some, he missed some, but the point is, he brought us back into the game. He got us back there within two at one point. Um, you know, I liked what I saw from Zach overall. He took care of the ball tonight, but again, there's there's one thing about Zach that pisses me off. He starts getting a little bit of that confidence back, and then he starts looking for calls and not getting back on the other end. It happened three separate occasions tonight. Once in the first, once in the third, once in the fourth. Well, and when you lay it out to the point to that this game got down to a two uh, single possession game, a two point game, um, getting back on one of those possessions is ultimately the the difference um, or the potential difference. It absolutely could be. It absolutely could be. And I mean, and, and here's the thing: one of those turned into a Jalen Brown fucking uncontested layup at the rim because you had a collapse. You, what, what are you going to do? You want to live with the two, or you want to die by the three? Which one? You have to take. You have to choose at this point. So, I mean, it's just one circumstance out of three that he did where it actually cost points, like it cost like a quick transition bucket, but it still happened. So that's the only thing that I'm like, I could bitch at him for, but he went 10 for 24, four for 13 from downtown. He cooled off a little bit from down there. Uh, 27.7 board, six assists, one steal, like I told you, one turnover. Zach played a good game. I will say one thing in his defense though, and you know, I don't typically like to do this. That guy got fouled 50 fucking times tonight. When so he was, Zach Levine had a reason to complain. I, I think so. He just I, didn't have a good enough reason to not get back on defense. Right. Right. 
I don't think any of them were egregious where it was just like, oh my God, you need to fucking call this. But I do feel like he ping-ponged a couple times and it was just kind of like, if that's Tatum on the other end or if it's Brown on the other end, you're getting a call. And And I I see how it's frustrating. There was a couple of those moments tonight, but overall I feel like this game was let them play kind of mentality. They almost refed it more like a playoff game. There wasn't too many whistles. There wasn't that much stoppage in play. Um, so to, to put this one on the referees uh, is, is not going to happen for me. Uh, I'd love to see Zach start getting these calls. He is supposed to be the star player in our franchise player going forward. Um, hopefully that, that transition passing of the torch doesn't happen uh, sooner than expected with DeMar going down here. Uh, but I do think that you have to build some confidence as a fan in the contract that was given with the play that you're getting from him as of late. Um, I, I'm not going to say for me that it makes me more confident in the Bulls throwing more assets at this current version of the roster, but I do think that maybe, uh, even though the, the reports currently are saying the Bulls are going to be quiet at the deadline. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, that came out from Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic. I wrote a little bit of an article over it on tap about it, just with my thoughts and, and whatnot. Goose, well, you got to pick a lane, man. You, you do have to pick a lane, and I don't think the lane they pick is going to be going, you know, aggressively further into this iteration of the roster. But does Zach's play currently give you more confidence in moving away from DeMar? Um, if, you know, he obviously remains healthy, obviously kind of feel a little shitty here bringing this up uh, with his injury kind of looming. But um, assuming he's healthy, and the Bulls stay in this play-in scenario, um, are you more confident, you know, potentially trading DeMar and retooling this roster around Zach with the way that he's returning to form? Or are you still so questionable on this guy as your franchise player that you'd rather blow it up entirely? I'm questionable on him because I feel like he's got an on and off switch that he chooses to turn on and he chooses to turn off. It's not something that's always on when you go out there. That's my problem with Zach Levine. That's been my problem with Zach Levine. Um, with the way that he's played, if trading DeMar makes the on switch go on and he can come out and get you 25, 5, and 5 and be that number two guy, yeah, Just, I'm, I'm cool it, with it. Giving Zach the full entire keys to this car with uh, Vooch. He shouldn't have that. I mean, does he deserve that over DeMar? No, but at this point in time, I I about pooped myself when DeMar went down. Yeah, I, went, I did okay, too. We're done. Oh, yeah. we're done for two years. We, we owe this guy <laughs> We owe this guy $60 million. This is it. We're done. DeMar, non-contact injury. How many more hesitation moves does he have in his knees at this point? I, you know, like, it scared the living hell out of me. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. I, and obviously, I'm coming from the selfish standpoint right now as the fan. Like, oh, shit. Like, uh, what do we do if DeMar is done? We're, we're, oh, shit. We're shit. I, don't, I don't know. You we are royally screwed. You have no way to trade out of this. You have no way to really rebuild around Zach if you want. At that point, you're left with, you have to trade Zach. Um, Zoe hasn't even played basketball yet. So although this isn't 2K and you can include his salary in there if a team is willing to take him at the current status, you're not getting any positive value for him. Vooch is an expiring contract. So now you've got to rebuild around Patrick Williams and whatever you can get for Zach Levine in this horrible, oh my God, they have nothing and nothing else to do situation. Maybe like, that's a big wake-up call to Acme. Who knows? It woke me the hell up. L- listen, listen. <clears throat> me and Drew Stevens were – if you don't know who Drew Stevens is, it's at – obviously, I know you do. 
Um, and look, look what Drew did on Twitter is his handle. And him and I are always texting back and forth, just talking because he's in full favor of a retool. Is Drew Stevens? He's in, in full favor retool. That dude is just such a hoop head. Like stats coming out. I mean, he just he's very in into this shit like we are. He he's like for a full retool and using Demar's value at Demar's age, what Demar's doing, and you know blah 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 blah. He still has faith in Zach. And I come from the completely other end, where he listens to our show. I listen to his show, which is the Rebuildable Podcast with Matt Gentile. Check that out if you don't know. You know. Um, but I don't look at Zach as that guy. It Drew sees something in him. I, I think Zach is tapped. I don't think Zach's getting any better. I think that this is who Zach Levine's going to be. I think he's gotten better since he's been here. But I don't think he's going to get any better. So we talk about this constantly. And when I saw DeRozan go down, I'm like, oh, my fucking God, what are they going to do? If they do retool, what it, <laughs> with who? Who are you going to get anything for? Because I'll tell you something right now. As much as I love Alex Caruso, his – his offense is so fucking bad. I don't care about the diving on the ground and killing yourself for a fucking loose ball. Well, especially when it means that you're generally out for, you know, 30% plus of the season. Like it, it, it's it's just, it's games. wild to me. I think he's a good player. He's a guy that you love to have. Like, cause he's, you oh, know, not a contending team. He's a guy right. that you need to have, but we're not a contending team right now. Hey. Yes. Then you have a guy like Kobe White, who everybody, so, I mean, cause you, you got Stacy talking about him, right? Oh, look at the defense. Look at the look, look, Kobe White. The inconsistencies is why Kobe White isn't talked about as a fucking six-man candidate. Because look, one for seven from the floor, oh for five. You are known as a scorer. Your defense is not good enough for you to put up a stat line like that. I'm sorry, it's not. It's, no, it's just not. Defense is not good enough for that, but it is unfortunate for the Bulls that every single night you're relying on. Kobe White and Patrick Williams to have success from three-point line. Those are the only two guys that you can really trust out there. And Pat did it again uh, from the three-point line. From the three-point line. Uh, missed a couple gimmies. Uh, he uh, he's got bad. <laughs> so, but that, that's the issue with this Bulls roster construction all around is you're putting all this faith in these guys that are inconsistent and they're young and they're not proven and they're not ready for these roles where you live and die by whether they play the way that you expect them to play every night. Um, and we have seen improvements from Kobe, but the biggest issue with him has always been consistency, lack of definition of role, and just riding this roller coaster of, oh, he's good enough, we have to pay him, to, oh, shit, he didn't do the one thing that we were supposed to be paying him to do. And, I mean, all around, DeMar goes down. Seeing DeMar go down was more of a wake-up call to me to go – all right, we need to do things while we still can because you hit a certain point where you ride this out the whole season. Sure, maybe in the offseason you can get decent value for DeMar, you know, trade him to a team where he gets a full training camp with them. You're still trading expiring contract of a 33-and-a-half, 34-year-old guy who's on his last leg making close to $30 million. So that's not the easiest contract to move in terms of matching salary to get value back. And it's just not that valuable at that point in time because they know why you're selling. Right, right. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, and Chai Sports fan, he comes out. And I like how nobody talks about IO anymore. It's actually just getting ready to bring that up. Um, we noticed something, too, even with DeMar going down and him playing 23 minutes and him leaving in the third quarter tonight, right? The young guys struggled and the Bulls lost. Besides that Jazz win... I felt like Io was playing better. I felt like Patrick Williams has been playing a bit better, and it was helping us. It helped us go on a little bit of a win streak there. It did. 
It helped us inch closer to two games under 500. And Io usually doesn't miss against the Celtics. When those guys aren't able to do what they can do or what's expected of them, this is kind of what happens, too, because a lot of the load falls on Zach, Tamar, and Vooch. Like, Vooch had, Vooch had a great fucking game. I mean, no, he had a spectacular game. I mean, 21 13 1. He shot 9 for 15 and 3 for 6 from downtown. And was hitting he, shots up and down in the fourth. We sit here and we talk about trades all the time. And, and, and we talk about like Vooch being a free agent at the end of the year. I'll tell you what, there's one scenario where I'd be like, if DeMar's moved, right, for like a three, like a guy who could hit a three and play some fucking defense or something, like I would love to see a Zach and Vooch like really get to have a game together type thing. Yeah, yeah. You load Zach and Vooch up with Lonzo Ball, who's probably the best 3 and D point guard, guard position player in the league when healthy. Obviously, we've already capped that idea of him coming back this season, but the idea for next year, if you're rebuilding a roster, to have Zoe, Zach, two 3 and D guys, and Patrick Williams, and a legitimate small forward who can defend these guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on nights like tonight, and you just have Zach and Vooch sandwiched between nothing but 3 and D players, that's a scenario where I could get behind giving Vooch an extension because his skill set isn't something I see diminishing too much in the next two or three years. It's not like his game is built off athleticism, right? He's still 31, 32 years old. He's got a traditional back to the basket. He could pop it. I mean, and he can grab the board. Maybe the lift on his rebounding has kind of went away a a little bit, but he's still grabbing the fucking boards. He's still getting boards. It's not easy to get 13 boards in the NBA. It's not. It's so fast-paced. you got guards and forwards flying in everywhere. I mean, it is what it is. There's so many three-point shots that half the rebounds aren't in the paint anyway. Right. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, I'd be interested in those two continuing forward. But listen, man, it's like what Senor put in the beginning part of the episode. And, like, it's not even just a joke. Like, as soon as we were starting, this is what he put. And that is going to be the story of the Bulls season. It's going to continue. Yes, these wins have been fun. The wins have been fun. But they, I, I just don't know. Well, but <laughs> I'm I watching the game tonight, dude, and I'm watching Jason Tatum. And I think what happens when we run in to them in the play, if we get there. But Buzz, we're 2-2 two two the, against them in the regular season. Okay, yeah. Well, we went, we, do you remember right? when we went 4-0 and against the Miami Heat in the regular season? I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I know you are, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just, someone was going to agree with you in the comments, and that's why I went and said what I said right away. <laughs> Like and we also is, did not beat them worth a damn last year when the team was actually good. Right. I mean, you know, th- this is a it's a rock and a hard place. Listen, Boston's a great team. They have the best record in the NBA. They're twenty nine and twelve. They've got two of the mo- they have the best wing duo in the league. Well, when people, I mean, obviously, I understand Jalen Brown was being thrown in trade ideas for Kevin Durant, and that still would have been the same scenario for Boston. You'd have the two best wing players in in the game on the on the same team. Yeah. Um, I guess Doncic is a wing player too, but not so much a, a two way guy. Um, yeah. Wing, the fact yeah. that they were talking about trading Jalen Brown when you have those two that have built this current Boston team together and have grown up together and progressed together. I've been to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals almost like every year since I've been in the league. You were going to break that up? For KD, for KD, yeah. Yes, but the the talk about that was more serious than just that 
like after they lost the finals. There was legitimate talks of, oh, do they have to break these two up? Can they actually do it? And it's like they've been doing nothing but. Yeah, like no, the, nothing forever. should be taken. Yeah, nothing should be taken away from Boston. I, I love that you bring that up because I mean. The Bulls just did play a very tough opponent with a very talented team. I mean, Williams, I know he's just come back from injury, but he is a talented guy in the paint, even being undersized, just how talented he is in the paint. You have a veteran like Al Horford who, I mean, he hit the biggest three of the game. He hit the biggest shot of the night. And that was like one thing that I agree with Stacey saying. He's like, you couldn't let Tatum or Brown beat you. You nope. had to have someone else beat nope. you, and you kind of have to live with it. You do. I mean, you could – there was not a look. Obviously, nobody was happy on the Bulls' side of the floor, but they executed what they were supposed to do. Letting Zach get and switched on and let Tatum cook him all night was not what Billy was going to let this game come down to in the fourth. Right. have to give the coach props for making adjustments there without Javante to throw an extra guy and trap Tatum and get the ball out of his hands. You had Al Horford rattle down a three that I didn't think was going in, most people didn't think was going in, and you let the guy that – you can live with beating you, beat you, instead of letting it be Tatum or Brown. And uh, once again, it feels weird to be positive about a loss, but there were small things like that to take away because I, I don't feel that Billy makes the right adjustments a lot towards the end of games. It's kind of just like, oh, we practiced, we uh, rehearsed, you got the scouting report. Uh, hopefully I reiterated things enough. We're, we're going to ride with it. I, I would like to see a little bit more DJJ. Tonight, yeah, if, if I, I if I could bitch at Billy about one thing, is I'd like to I would like to see a little bit more Derek Jones Jr. With an athletic wing combo like Tatum and uh, Brown to, to see it have to come to Demar leaving the game to get excessive DJJ uh, was a little disappointing because Boston. Yeah, I, I think that small. I mean, think about that. You use that guy to card Kevin Durant. Most, you know, when you play the Brooklyn Nets, I why. Why aren't you utilizing the length and the athleticism? I mean, even if he fucking starts racking up fouls, I mean, he's an end-of-the-bench guy. you got to live with it, but yeah, whatever. If you're not playing him, what does it matter if he racks up fouls? Right, that's what I mean. So, like, I was just kind of – I was kind of surprised by that. Like, I don't like when we put in Alex Caruso and he's in charge of guarding Jason fucking Tatum. He's not going to do it. Like, have – have you watched him play basketball? Like, that's what I wanted to ask Billy for a minute. Like, are you, do you like you beat him a couple times this year. What are you doing right now? You got to feel like that Alex Crusoe attempt is only working when you're going, all right, I'm not going to let the others beat me. This guy can get as much as he wants. Because then you throw your best one-on-one -on -one defender on anybody and you live with what happens. Um, and that just hasn't seemed to work out very well against the top players. And like you said, uh, you love Caruso. I don't think oh, I love the guy. Chicago fan that doesn't love Caruso, but he's being set up for massive failure there, and you cannot expect. No, that that's really where I have to feel bad for the guy because I ragged on him a little bit in the beginning of the episode. Like, yes, dude, you you cause turnovers, you make great defensive plays, but when you come back and you give the ball away or you take a stupid shot that you're not capable of making, that it to me is like know your role. Figure it out real quick and get back to what has made you who you are. Don't do the dumb shit. Well, but generally he does. But to his misfortune on this roster, he's expected to hit a lot of threes in a game. That's um, true. That's true. He's supposed to be a, a, a perimeter threat. You're right. He's supposed to be your three and D guy. So Fuck uh, it's, me, man. he's he's really being set up for failure all around on a nightly basis. On maybe this everybody is just due to the fit. I don't know. I mean, uh, they really are. I mean, it's it's sad, but we just we come back to it all the time. The fit of this roster, the individual talent is here. 
Yeah, it is. There's nobody that can deny that. Now, the games where they they all do seem to put it together, it's fantastic. But more times than not, the glaring weaknesses on this team being offensive rebounds, that one possession in the fourth, I'm surprised we were even able to mount a comeback after. Yeah, we were out-rebounded pretty badly, too. Um, Like, those small things are – continue to be the things that we need and it's three-point shooting rebounding and rim protection and we really just don't have any of it anywhere on this run no you're right we i mean we were out rebounded especially those couple possessions where we just couldn't get the fucking ball they're chucking up shots and we're not getting we're not in position we're, we're just, not even getting high enough to get the fucking thing i mean it, it's just around throwing three guys up in the air everybody's out of position it, it was disgusting it was. It was. Um, again, valiant effort, though, right? We'll, we'll call it a valiant effort from the Bulls tonight, even though they, they the win streak is broken. Uh, we got to try to start a new one on Wednesday, January 11th, against the Washington Wizards in Washington. Washington's not very good. They're 17-24. and 24. They've currently lost three in a row to the Bucks, the Thunder, and the Pelicans. They got us. Their next game is Wednesday against us at 6 p.m. Oh, 6 p.m. Love the 6 p.m. starts. Let's go. Um, a fun fact about this, not just this game in general, but the rest of our schedule from here on out, Goose, we have the second easiest schedule per uh, opponent winning percentage as this season goes on. We have the second easiest schedule. If you remember what I told you a few episodes ago, which is probably like over 10, but I'm saying a few because I can't remember. We have the toughest schedule at one point. Now we are going down the second easiest schedule. Um, the, the time now is to shine because you're going to play Washington. You're going to play a, a Oklahoma city, which has talent. We know this, we've seen it, but not a uh, team to lose to again. Right. Then you'll play golden state. And after that, it's going to ease off. You're going to have Detroit, Atlanta, who's kind of fading away a little bit there. You have Indiana who's cooled off Charlotte with LaMelo, but still they're not great. Then you have Orlando. You have a stretch here of basketball. Goose, where if you can go, let's see, let's count it for fun. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You have a stretch of eight games here that if you could go five and three on, you find yourself two games over 500 going into a game against LA, Charlotte, and Portland. So you have an eight-game stretch. If you try to play it eight games, that's the rest of your schedule. If they if they try to you know subject it, you go five and three, you're back in the almost in the driver's seat in the promised land of where you want to go because the schedule keeps getting easier obviously you play your tough opponents but it's very broken up it's not as bad as it was well as this guy sports fan just pointed out to you that's that's the trick with this part of the schedule coming up is the tough part of our schedule most of the wins we got were against good teams right um, and Chai sports fans just a jag off and trying to fuck with my point here so what are you doing well, we, <laughs> we lost all these shit teams so i mean if the bulls can right the ship in Right, their mentality and start handling business against these bad teams. Yeah, they can put themselves back in position to where they're supposed to be and where they want to be. But are they going to do that? Because at this point of the season, oh, we have it, and it, that's what has us taking this approach to the show tonight. Is it, even that schedule and the fact that we have the second easiest schedule going forward doesn't really give me that much more confidence going forward with how we performed against shit teams. It's just. Right. That's a very sad statement you just made, and, and I'm being honest. I didn't say they'd win and go 5-3. and three. I said they need to go 5-3 and three against those shit teams, and I never said they were a good team, but I didn't call them shit either. I didn't call them shit because there's a lot of individual talent, as you pointed out before, 
that exists on this team that has me. I have a hard time saying they're a shit team. I have no faith they could do five and three either here. I've got no faith that they could do it, and I'm not going to lie right, to the people right, that listen right. to this show. All right, so 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 you don't have faith in it. Let's add one more to it. If they go six and two, we cheers and pickle juice. Oh fuck yeah, fuck six yeah. I'll do two. it if they go five and three. Five and three? Yeah. I was trying to give you an easy out. No, I don't need the easy out. If they go five and three, I'll do it. If they go five hundred, I'm gonna be fucking here. I will. I, even though I expect it, I'm still gonna be irritated. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm it's still gonna irritate me. I expect it, but I'll still be ir- irritated because I expect more. I, I I just expect more at this point. You know, so uh, that just is where I'm at with it. They have a real opportunity to get back in there into the playoff race, but I don't think they're gonna take advantage of it. Are I really don't. Still, are we still sitting in the play in? place oh, i got you hang on one second here let me pull up the standings hey buzz yeah the stat guy yeah go ahead and pull that up all oh, right no we're in yeah we're in 10th now 19 and 22 19 and 22 we're 10 games out of first obviously we're 10 games behind boston and we are four games out of the sixth seed okay and two games out of the eighth seed Going five and three would leave us one game under five hundred. I believe that would be twenty-four and twenty-five. Wouldn't that put us two games under? One game. No, you're right. Fucking math. But five five and nineteen is twenty-four, twenty-two and three is twenty-five. So we'd be a game under five hundred. Yeah, there you go. Five and three in this next stretch. Yeah. I think the math's math, and if it's not, that's fine too. Yeah, fuck fuck math, dude. Wait, if we go fighting on, I gotta figure 19, 20, 21, 22, 24. And then if we lose, yeah, we are a game under 500. Sorry, I thought we were a game over. We are a game under 500. Yes, yeah, so we are a game under 500. That's see, what the fuck? They need to go six and two. And I know they're not doing that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you laid out the schedule, the opportunity is there. Obviously, we gotta see if tomorrow is gonna be available, but even without tomorrow, I mean. This would be the eight-game stretch where you you see if Zach Levine can be your dude. Can, can Zach beat these eight teams while Demar heals up? And you know, I don't know. Maybe you get your answers that way. I, yeah. I, I guess. But either way, Demar, no Demar. The Bulls really don't have excuses, uh, despite the fact that they have already been playing with only four starters uh, the whole entire year without Zoe. But uh, as we said before, we really don't even count on that anymore. Fuck you, man. He made, he made fun of me, but Buzz still uses his fingers to count. I do. I do use my fingers to count, man. Just helping Ren count to 10 earlier today, and I was showing her how to do it. So, you know, it's all fresh <laughs> in my mind. You know what I mean? Come on now, Cuff. That's fucked up that you did that. Put that live on YouTube like that to embarrass your boy. boy out like that. That, that ain't right. That, Buzz still that counts like a preschooler. Yep, that ain't right, dude. He hurt me with that one. That one hurt me a little bit. But it will be very telling if uh, the Bull, like, say they do, say DeMar is out, which I don't think he will be, but say he is out and they go on a run. Yeah, I guess I guess we should end the show with uh, stating the, the most reliable source that we really have in Bulls media is Casey Johnson, and he said that he would bet that DeMar plays next game. Obviously, yeah, I, be, before, I before the yeah. post game where he's going to get to ask his questions, but if he tweeted that with confidence so quickly – Chances yeah. are this, this is just precautionary and uh, DeMar kind of saving face if that's the case for when he fell. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Well, if you ain't got nothing else, I ain't got nothing else, man. You know, we'll be back after the Bulls play the Wizards at 6 p.m. on Wednesday and, and hopefully they can, you know, 
go six and two, but we are expecting five and three with pickle juice. That's what we want. Not expecting it. That's what we want to happen. That's what we want. Well, I now wait. I don't want, want that to happen. Pickle juice. I no. I don't. I don't know why I said we. I'm fucking irritated. I'm getting out of here. Everybody be sure to go on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap and on Tap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted, me at Buzz on Tap. Five star rating and review anywhere because you know I can't even do the fucking thing. We're presented by Sports Illustrated. We'll be back Wednesday after the Bulls take on the Wizards. Chai Sports that's, fan. That's really the only part that matters. Anyway. Yeah, that, that it really is. It really is. Chai Sports fan, thank you for the next contract request. Look up, and I'm gonna go count with my fingers again. Let's go, Bulls. <laughs>